Welcome to Energy Matters, where we explore alternative health in the Pioneer Valley. I'm your host, Caroline Rutterman, and I'm a Reiki professional and intuitive in Northampton, Massachusetts. For the past nine years, I've been teaching people how to use their intuition and helping them reduce stress and anxiety. Together, we'll talk with other practitioners and learn how they bring health and healing to the Pioneer Valley. Let's do this. Hey, welcome, welcome everyone. You are listening to Energy Matters and I am your host, Caroline Rutterman. And we have a very special show for you today. We are here with Carrie Bodendorf, who is a Melt Fitness instructor and she's a master instructor. Instructor, Actually, she teaches other teachers um, how to do this work. Um, so welcome, Carrie. Thank you. Thank you, Caroline. Thanks for having me. Of course. I'm, I'm so excited that you're here today. I was looking at your website and, and kind of doing some of the, um, the exploratory videos that you have on your website and things like that around the melt instruction. Um, and um, so, so tell us a little bit about, about who you are and, and what you do in the Pioneer Valley. So I have been teaching melt here for a little over 10 years. Um, and I'll get into what MELT is in a minute. Um, but I teach classes all over Western Massachusetts. Of course, it was out in public before the quarantine. And I have very recently switched all of my classes over to Zoom. And I've been having immense success with people coming regularly, people making changes in their body. It's been really, really awesome. Uh, before the quarantine, I was also traveling around the United States training other teachers how to teach this method that was um, originally created by Sue Hitzman, uh, who is a manual therapist who uh, created this method in New York City. So the epicenter of MELT was in New York City. And we've got about 2,000 instructors worldwide at this point. Wow. So you really, you really had a hand in, in growing and teaching a lot of the, the 2,000 instructors. Yes, I did. Yes. A majority of them actually had to either train them or I was a teacher's assistant at the training that they, that they were taking part in. That's yeah. really cool. I feel like that, you know, creates a really interesting and beautiful network of people when you're like, you're like, oh, this like person that I've trained, you like see them kind of blossom and grow. And it's, it's, you know, those kind of little ducklings. Oh, yeah. They're yeah. like my babies. Yeah. They're my children. Yeah. And when I see them at the advanced trainings, I'm just so proud that I had, you know, a hand in, in training some of them. Yeah. And it is really like a family. We, we have a melt cooperative and, and we're all just one big happy family. Yeah. yeah. Do you do you take other people's melt classes just to kind of recharge your own system? So whenever I can, but there aren't very many melt instructors in Western Massachusetts. So if you do a, a Google search, I am one of the only ones that actually come up and are teaching classes. There are um, a, a few instructors up in the Berkshires. Um, so I don't get to take melt an awful lot. So what I do is I'll go online and I'll take classes through uh, Melt on Demand, which is the, the creator's um, platform and app. So I can take classes with her whenever I want to. 
So, so tell us a little bit. What what is Melt? What is the and it's it's all caps. It's M E L T. It's M E L T. Yes, Melt. So, Melt is a simple self treatment technique, and it's designed to alleviate chronic pain and reverse the negative effects of aging by tapping into your nervous system and your connective tissue system or fascia. So, those those terms are really used interchangeably in in Melt. So connective tissue was once thought to be just a passive packing material, kind of like saran wrap around a sandwich. But now what we understand is it's actually the structural support system of our entire body. And without it, movement would not be possible. So it looks very much like a three-dimensional spider web. Uh, It connects us from head to toe, skin to bone. It wraps around every joint, bone, muscle, organ, cell, all the way down to our DNA. And it's what gives our skin tone and and lift. It's what gives our joints shock absorption. It uh, gives our muscles good performance and proper timing. So we don't have to think about moving. We can just move. And it also keeps our organs tucked back into our body cavity. And just through aging, active living, whether it's an active lifestyle or a sedentary lifestyle, um, this tissue dehydrates. It's just what happens as we age. And as it dehydrates, it actually impairs our movement and our bodily functions. And this happens to active people and sedentary people alike. So what we've learned is 90% of our sensory nerves are embedded in our connective tissue. So when it becomes dehydrated, all of the symptoms we associate with aging start to crop up in the body and ultimately is the catalyst for chronic pain, illness, and disease. So the connective tissue is a super important system in our body and none of us, well, I shouldn't say none of us, but a lot of us are never taught how to take care of it. And I think that really fits into a larger issue around, um, you know, the ideas around aging and our belief systems around aging in general. Like, oh, as we get older, like I remember my grandfather saying things like, oh, you know, when you get older, it's not any fun. You know, it's, you know, and it's, and and it's kind of this thing, like you just have to get older and you just have to accept it. And it's so, it's such a false belief system. So I, I love hearing that you're like, no, the connective tissue is like, is a huge part of, of our aging. Yeah. And there is something you can do about it. I think pain is so prevalent. I mean, do you ever meet a person that doesn't have an ache or a pain somewhere? And we just believe that, oh, it's just a normal part of aging. I I should be in pain because I am this old and this is how this old feels. And it doesn't have to be that way, which is really exciting. Yeah. Um, So I bet you, maybe you and a lot of the listeners out there are living with chronically dehydrated connective tissue, and maybe you're not even aware of it. So if you're not, even if you're not in pain, you might just feel stiff or achy. So ask yourself this question. Do you feel stiff and achy when you first get out of bed in the morning or after sitting for long periods of time? 
Um, personally, I don't. That's good. See, I knew you might have said that. Yeah. <laughs> but but, but if, your listeners may, might feel like, oh, yeah, when I get out of bed in the morning, those first couple of steps, maybe your heels hurt or your joints are stiff or achy. And you know how many people just sit in front of their computer and hunch over their computer all day. So when you stand up, you might feel a little stiff or achy. But what happens is once you start moving around, you start to loosen up and you start to feel a little bit better. And because the stiffness goes away fairly quickly, we think, eh, that was really nothing. And we don't do anything about it. But if you think of the connective tissue like a river, it truly is a fluid-based system. It is in, ideally, it is in a constant state of motion. But if you're feeling that stiffness and achiness and not doing anything about it, it's kind of like you're laying down sediment in your river and you don't go in and clear it out. So every day it starts to accumulate and where it loves to accumulate is in the joints. So now maybe you're not just stiff or achy. Now you're in pain. Your joints are starting to fall out of alignment. There's low-grade inflammation in your joints, and your posture starts to decline. Nobody ever really complains about getting taller as they age. Right. Right? <laughs> we, we, lose, we lose space. We lose space and, and much-needed hydration in between each of our vertebrae. So when you live in this constant state of dehydration, it stresses out and exhausts the nervous system. So it's unable to keep you stable and balanced. Um, and as it accumulates, you'll actually uh, notice more symptoms. Like, do you get up in the middle of the night to go to the bathroom? And I'm, at, you know, I'm asking you, I'm asking the listeners to really just ask themselves these questions. Are you getting up in the middle of the night to go to the bathroom once, twice, three times, maybe? I was a three-time-a-night person myself. Are you exhausted by two or three in the afternoon? Knowing you're exhausted in the afternoon, do you go to bed at night and just lie there and unable to fall asleep? It is so common for people to either have a lot of trouble falling asleep or trouble staying asleep. And these are all symptoms that we call pre-pain signals. And it means that there's something not quite right going on in your body. So do you feel any of those other symptoms, Caroline? I do wake up in the middle of the night to go to the bathroom, but usually my cats also wake me up at the same time. So it's kind of like, right. it's a twofer. Um, right. <laughs> but, um, but yeah, and you know, when you actually start talking about it, I realized that, you know, since the pandemic has kicked in, I, I've been walking a lot more. I'll usually walk five or six miles a day. And I have been waking up with more like foot stiffness. And I usually kind of will massage my feet and kind of, you know, I'll do more Epsom salt foot baths and things like that. But I have, I have actually noticed that I've been, the more I've been walking, the more I have been kind of waking up with that. So it's, it's kind of like, oh, right. Like, no, I'm actually really healthy. And then I'm like, wait a second. Like, <laughs> yeah, why am I sore after walking? Yeah. Well, and that's the thing, you know, so many of us, especially during the pandemic, we're all we kind of shut in at home. Maybe we're sitting a little bit longer. And what happens is we sit for long periods of time in one position, maybe watching TV or playing video games or on your computer. And you go to stand up and your low back hurts. And what do you do? You sit right back down. Yeah. Because you think, oh, dear, it hurts when I stand up. So I've got to sit back down. Well, the sitting down is what's causing the pain in the first place. So definitely, you, you got to move it or lose it, right? You, you've got to keep that 
that, that body active for sure. Absolutely. So do you, what was your experience at your very first melt class that you attended? What was, what was your experience with that? So like I said, in the beginning, there are, there were no, like zero melt instructors in my area when I first discovered melt 10 years ago. So I actually saw Sue Hitzman, the woman who created the method on the Regis and Kelly show. And she was talking right to me. I mean, I had all the signs and symptoms of premature aging. I had pain. I had chronic low back pain since I was 16 years old. And I discovered melt when I was um, 40. And I said, all right, I'm going to try anything because I don't like to take medication. I don't like surgery. I definitely want to find a all natural way to help my body feel better. So I ordered my hand and foot kit. And I started melting my feet with this small, soft ball, and my low back pain started to go away. So I thought, this is something really special. I have no idea why this works. I need to learn more. So I went back to the Melt website, and there was a training. And there was a training in New York City. I think it was a month or two later. And at the time, I remember when I looked at it, and I said, there's no way I'm going to New York City by myself because along with my chronic low back pain, I had developed horrible anxiety attacks and panic attacks because my back would go out. And if I was out with my kids somewhere, how was I going to get home? How was I going to drive? So I started having horrible anxiety attacks and I would just stay home. I wouldn't go anywhere. I wouldn't do anything. So when I saw the training was in New York City, I panicked and I talked to my husband about it. And he said, you know what? Let's go. I'm going to take you. And I've never looked back. And since then, I have gotten rid of my depression, my anxiety attacks, my panic attacks. And now I'm getting on airplanes all by myself. So I really feel like Melt gave me my life back. Um, So the first class I took was a DVD (laughs) in my living room. Oh, funny. Yeah. And I think the first time I got on my foam roller... And Melt has a very soft foam roller, so it's not like a traditional foam rolling class. Um, It's a very soft foam roller that you can actually kind of bend into a horseshoe shape if you really try. That's how soft it is. Um, The first time I ever got on a roller was at my first level one training in New York City with Sue Hitzman. So... (laughs) So you learned straight from straight from the creator. Straight from her. Yes, yes. Because there were so few melt instructors around. And so, you know, I mean, it's so interesting that you were talking about how like seeing um, Sue on the Regis and Kelly show and it was just talking to you. And it's like, I had that exact same experience when I was with Reiki. It was like, I just, I had never had any Reiki before. I had just... I just knew when I hit my Reiki Masters website that like, I was like that, that's the person's like this weekend, there's a training and I just signed up for it. And it's like, there's some things when it's just like lightning at night yeah. and it just lights up the sky. It's so obvious. And it's yeah. like, yeah, and there, there's no like, there's no reason. There's no logical reasoning. It's just like, it's just so obvious. Exactly. Yeah, it does. It just hits you. It's like, you knew that this was meant to be for whatever reason. That's exactly how I felt. That's really I remember exciting. after my first uh, melt training, I got back into the car and I just burst out crying. And I was like, I finally found what I wanted to do with the rest of my life. Oh my gosh. Yeah. That's so beautiful. I, yeah. And here you are 10 years later. Here I am 10 years later, still teaching melt classes and more than ever now. Which, which is great. 
Yeah. yeah. How has the um, how has the being online adjusted? I know you said it's it's really expanded a lot of um, kind of regular people taking your classes and things like that. Um, how how have you professionally adapted to to going on teaching Zoom classes? Yeah, it happened so quickly. I mean, when did we go into shutdown? I think it was what the middle of March, mid March, sometime yeah. end end of March, something like that. And I remember the last melt class I was supposed to teach in person was canceled. Um, and I don't remember if it's because I was feeling not very well, or maybe I was panicking a little bit. I don't even remember. And the very next week it was all shut down. And I thought, I'm, I'm going to do this online. And it, it really just exploded. I put out my first class to my entire email list. I've got about 900 people on my newsletter. And I said, hey, anybody want to help me troubleshoot some some teaching on Zoom, like be my guinea pigs? And I think I had 57 people in that first class and it just exploded from there. Um, I ended up investing in a couple of different cameras. So I have different camera angles. I've got a really nice microphone. I make sure I'm hardwired to the internet so it's not really choppy. And um, we actually kind of cleared everything out of the living room we have downstairs. And this is my new studio. So Working from I've home. Kind of taken over the living room. Yeah. That's so it, it really happened like a, a fish to water. And it's so great to have people from all over the world in one class. It's like, it, it makes me so happy every single time it happens. Oh. I've got people from Hawaii and Denmark and the UK and Australia and it's, it's just blowing my mind every time it happens. Yeah. And you're helping people yeah. step out of their pain. Yes. And because they don't have to, you know, get in their car and drive to their studio or some people were driving an hour to come see me once or twice a week. Wow. So all they need to do is turn on their computer and there I am in their living room. So it, it really helped them become a lot more consistent with their melt practice. So now they weren't only melting for an hour once a week. Now they're melting sometimes with me eight times a week. And my classes are all different lengths. So I'll have a 20 minute class all the way up to a 75 minute class. So I really have something for everyone. And if you can get really consistent with it, it really does start to make some lasting changes in your body, kind of builds up in your system, kind of like an anti-inflammatory. So the more consistent you are, maybe the shorter periods of time that you have to do it each day. That's great. Um, so, so can you tell us a little bit about um, what a typical class, a melt class looks like? Sure. So there are different classes that I do. I do melt intro workshops, which is actually one of the best ways to get started because I kind of uh, explain, you know, what it is, how it works, why we do what we do. And a typical melt intro workshop will introduce you to a softball hand treatment, a softball foot treatment. And then we usually get into something called the rebalance sequence, which really helps to quiet the stress reflex, the stress mechanisms in the body. And uh, I usually throw in a neck release sequence in there. Um, if you're asking about a regular class, most of the people that have been melting with me on Zoom, they kind of know all of the moves. So it's easy for me to kind of whip what we call a melt map together. And a melt map encompasses all four R's of melt. And the R's are a reconnection, which is an assessment technique, which we'll do very soon. 
uh, rebalancing, rehydrating, and releasing. So usually in a 45-minute class, it's a rest assess that we do on the floor to identify our bodies for stuck stress in that position, just to feel what parts of your body are touching the floor, what parts of your body are lifted. And I have them tune into what we call the four common imbalances in melts, um, just to see how their bodies are feeling that day. And it really does depend on what they did that day or what they did the day before. Maybe they didn't sleep so well. Their rest assess might not feel the same every single time they do it. And then we'll get up onto the roller and we'll do a bunch of different moves for all different body parts. We have the roller just about everywhere you have a, a bone or a muscle. We, we can um, do the melt techniques that we'll talk about in a little bit. Um, and then we always do a couple of assessments after each sequence. And at the end of class, we reassess to see if we've made any changes. Um, and the changes sometimes can be so subtle that if you don't do those assessments before and after you melt, you might not even realize that you've made little changes in your body. So it sounds like it's a pretty like metal, mellow, like mellow class, really like calming yeah. the nervous system down. It totally is because no part, one of the best things about melt is, and there are many, is that it doesn't hurt you don't have to hurt yourself to get out of pain. I mean, how many times do you see people rolling out their IT band in a gym on a really firm foam roller with this like grimace on their face? It, it's never, ever going to the point of pain because why would you want to cause pain to get your body out of pain? So no part of melt should ever hurt you, which is why anybody can do it. Old, young sedentary, active. It's like, it's so good for every body. I, I can get everybody doing a melt routine that is good for them. It sounds like you are getting everybody doing it. So, <laughs> <laughs> so well, we can always do, I mean, I can have a, up to a hundred people on zoom. So <laughs> I love it. So <laughs> if some more people in there, yeah. So I'd love to do the assessment with a standing assessment with you. If you yeah. um, are, are willing to, to guide us as absolutely. listeners. Yeah, absolutely. So if you have shoes on, take your shoes off. So you can really feel your footprints on the floor. And if you have a hard floor that you can stand on, if you're on a really plush carpet, you might not be able to sense your feet so much. So if you can get yourself onto a hard surface, and if you're not driving your car, <laughs> go ahead and stand on up. Look down at your feet and make sure your feet are hip distance apart and they're nice and even on the floor. And also notice if your feet are turned out kind of like duck feet or pigeon toe, see if you can make them nice and straight. And then close your eyes, allow your arms to just relax down by your side and see if you can keep your eyes closed as we go through this assessment. Now, if you're already unsteady on your feet with your eyes closed, just have a chair nearby. So you always have that out in front of you if, if you need help with the balance. So what I'm gonna ask you to do is tune into your body sense. Now your body sense is just your sixth sense. It's how you're sensing your environment without your common senses. And bring that body sense down to the bottoms of your feet and notice how they feel on the floor. So ideally we have evenly weighted feet from the forefoot to the heel. Notice if instead you've got most of your weight on the forefoot or the heel, perhaps the inside or outside edge is a little heavier. Just notice if you have a region of your foot really digging into the floor on one or both sides. Scan up your legs using that body sense, that internal awareness, and notice your calves. 
if there's any tension or clenching. Notice if your knees are locked out behind you. Simply soften them a little bit if the knees are tight. Scanning up your legs with your body sense. Notice if your thighs or butt cheeks feel like they're clenched or holding tension. So I'd like for you to take a nice focused breath into your body. And as you exhale, see if you can relax any tension or clenching in your big muscle mover muscles. So if you were able to just voluntarily relax your muscles, but you didn't fall over, you've kind of just proved to yourself that you were using way too many muscles just to stand there. And if you're doing that all day long, you're actually exhausting your internal resources and accelerating your aging process. So we absolutely want to help you cut that out and actually doing the melt foot treatment can help you with that. So with your eyes remaining closed, take a focused breath into your body and lift all 10 toes off the ground and see what that did. Notice if you had a little balance check or a big sway forward, I mean backwards, sorry. Or, and also notice if the thighs had to clench to get those toes lifted. And then on your next exhale, go ahead and exhale all 10 toes down to the floor. Notice if you have a little drift forward. And the last thing I want you to notice before you open your eyes, bring your body sense back down to your feet and notice if one foot feels like it is stepping out in front of the other. And then go ahead and open up your eyes. So if you just opened up your eyes and looked straight down at your feet because you could have sworn one of your feet was stepping out in front of the other, that's what we call being a little inefficient in the way that that autopilot is functioning, which is just the aspect of your body that is always supporting, protecting, and stabilizing you. So Caroline, did you feel any imbalances as you were going through that assessment? You know, I, I realized that I carry more weight on my right foot ah, than on my yeah. left foot. And yeah. that is also the side that um, that I notice, uh, especially around my kind of like hip area, around my, um, my sciatica area that just like clenches more and it's not an area of pain but it's an always an area that I'm like trying to soften and stretch out and relax and um yeah but it was I was like oh I'm standing on that leg a lot more yeah right it's like how many of us kind of stand and we kind of like poke a hip out right and then you kind of transfer your weight onto the other leg yeah one of the things that started happening for me after I started melting was I had my body sense was just heightened I noticed that I was always, when I was just standing, my knees were locked out. And when you're standing like that, you know, like hyperextended backwards, you're dehydrating your legs. You're just dehydrating the tissue. So whenever I would catch myself doing that, I would tell myself, soften your knees, soften your knees. And it almost would feel like I was walking around with my knees completely bent. (laughs) So I'm trying to get used to it. But having better body sense has allowed me to really be in in better um, positions when I'm driving my car or, you know, in a chair. Ideally, your pelvis isn't tucked under and you're not hunched forward. Ideally, you're sitting on your sits bones, which means your pelvis is in a neutral position, which is a much better place for the pelvis to be. Yeah. It's almost like meditation for your body, like mindfulness for your body. So it's like, you know, when when we use meditation for our minds, right, there's an aspect of like, oh, I just caught myself going down this rabbit hole, right? But then it's sort of that mindfulness with your body. It's like, oh, where? what are the patterns? 
patterns? What are the the physical patterns right. that I'm experiencing? Right. You become aware. You become aware of those patterns that that you that you you know are constantly hunched over. But here's the thing about posture: as soon as you stop thinking about your posture, you go right back into the posture that your body has gotten really good at being in. And your connective tissue it thinks it's doing something super great for you. It makes you. If you're used to sitting at a desk hunched over a keyboard all day, your connective tissue gets really, really good at getting in that position. So much so that when some people, desk workers especially, when they stand up, it still looks like they're sitting down because their posture is just kind of morphed into that position. So as we hydrate the connective tissue through these very gentle compression and lengthening techniques through melt, you can actually create more... um, uh, better posture because you're you're improving the fluid state of the connective tissue, which is keeping all of your joints more in alignment, in a, in a better alignment. So now you don't have to think about posture. Your posture is just improving because your hydration is improving in that tissue. Now, when you're when you're talking about you know the the connective tissue and the fascia really uh, dehydrating over time. Is that, you know, when I think about that, it's like, well, I drink a lot of water and I, you know, stay active and I'm moving. So why, why would these connective tissues be dehydrated if I'm staying hydrated? Yeah. So a great question. And a lot of people ask this question and I answer it usually with this analogy. Do you have a plant in your house that is root bound? And when you go to water it immediately, when you put the water in the pot, it empties into the tray. Do you have a plant like that? I do. Yeah. Yeah. So when we are chronically dehydrated, when we're cellularly dehydrated, our cells are actually forming this protective coat over them because they, they don't want to let in this swampy pond water that is now around your joints. Like think of that as the, the inflammation, right? It's kind of like swampy pond water. Your cells don't want to uptake that fluid, but a cell that closes itself off like that is also going to die because it's not going to take in any nutrients, which is what we call accelerated aging, right? It's like cell apoptosis. So if you're just drinking water and say you drink a liter of water at a time, it's actually just going to run right into your bladder. It's not going to hydrate your cells until you kind of work it like a sponge You're going to work the fluid into the sponge, then drink the water so your cells will absorb the water more readily. It's almost like you've got to prep the tissue. Um, Sometimes I refer to the cells in the connective tissue after we melt them, like little baby birds when they have their beaks open and they're ready to accept and absorb the water that we drink. So just drinking a whole bunch of water in a cellularly dehydrated body will just run right into your bladder and actually tax your digestive system and water down your your digestive juices and everything else. So it's actually much better to drink water slowly and consistently, like three or four sips at a time every 15 minutes throughout the entire day. It will keep you more hydrated. That's a good tip. As somebody who chugs water a lot, that's a really good tip. <laughs> yeah, I mean, if you're, you know, if you just went out on a long walk and you need to chug a bunch of water, absolutely. And even right after a milk class, I say drink eight to 10 ounces of water. But if, you know, you're like most people or quite a few people will get to three or four in the afternoon and think, oh my God, I've only had coffee today. 
I haven't even had any water. So you're just so behind the game at that point. You can't even play catch up with, you know, a liter of water because you're not going to absorb it. It's just going to all end up coming right back out. And if you're just tuning in, you're listening to Energy Matters, and I'm your host, Caroline Rutterman, and we're chatting today with Carrie Bodendorf, who's a MELT master instructor. Um, and Carrie, you know, I'm, I'm really curious, what do you think is people's biggest um, biggest fear in overcoming pain? Like, what, what stops them from finding these resources, and where, where do you think that, that, um, that gap or that barrier is? Well... I know from personal experience working with hundreds, possibly even thousands of people over the past 10 years, some people are absolutely afraid to do anything different than what they're already trying. Um, Some people resort to pain medication and surgeries before they try something like this. And I think the fear is that they don't wanna make it worse And sometimes when you start tapping into your nervous system and really, you know, going in and using your body sense and really feeling what you're feeling inside, it might even feel a little bit worse before it gets better. And I I think that's a little bit of a hump that people need to get to get over. You know what I mean? Um, And I also think it's hard to be proactive. We're, we're all very reactive to pain. It's, it's hard for people to be proactive, like, oh, I'm not in pain, so I don't have to do anything. Um, but it, it's, yeah, I, I think that people can get very attached, very attached to their pain. And who would I be without my pain? For people who are in pain out there, you're constantly thinking about your pain. When you go to get out of bed in the morning, you're thinking, oh boy, what leg am I going to swing off the side of the bed first so it doesn't shoot up into my low back or I don't send my sciatic into flare up, right? People who who are used to throwing their back out or their neck out or anything else, they're, they're thinking about their movement all the time and it's exhausting. It's absolutely exhausting. I used to be there. I I know what it feels like to be walking down a street and come to a curb and think, oh boy, what foot can I put down first so I don't throw my back out? Yeah. So I love to get people to a point where they don't have to think about moving anymore. They just hop right out of their chair. They hop out of bed in the morning. They don't have to think about movement. Do, when people are calming their nervous system down and they're practicing these um, these melt kind of self-care routines that they do, do, do you feel like there's an emotional component to this healing work? Oh, absolutely. We, we say your issues are in your tissues, right? So incoming stress is what builds up in your tissue. So no matter what you experience, if you're awake, you are experiencing incoming stress into your body. Like even listening to the radio, it's incoming stress. Watching TV, at your computers, on your cell phone, um, eating processed foods, drugs, alcohol, um, tobacco, traffic, kids screaming, dogs barking, all of that stuff gets filtered and sometimes trapped in your connective tissue. So 
when people start to work on this system, the connective tissue and the fascia and the nervous system, I have had many people in class and in my melt trainings have emotional releases where they cry or they laugh or they get angry because they're actually tapping into some emotional trauma that has been stuck in there for years. It's, it's quite common actually, yeah. and, but it's, it's quite freeing. It feels so good to get rid of that stuff. Yeah. What, and when you're in a classroom setting and somebody has the, that emotional release, like what happens is like as an instructor, like how do you, how do you address that? Or do you not address it? Or what does that look like as an instructor? Yeah. You know, you really are reading the room and you're reading that person. So if that does happen in a class, there are always tissues all over um, when I was teaching in person, of course. So I will not skip a beat because I don't want to draw attention to that person. I will continue cueing everybody else in the class and just go over and offer a tissue or whisper to that person. It's okay if you want to, you know, leave the room, go to the bathroom, come on back when you're ready. But it's, it's always um, not ever been an issue. Yeah, yeah. And, you know, it's interesting, too, because I find, especially when you're in a group setting, in a group healing setting, one person's laughter or one person's tears can kind of um, affect the whole group in a really, like, like the whole group gets to release. And sometimes it's through that person. Sometimes that person is, like, is, like, the person that is just allowing it to flow first. Mm -hmm. Um, So it's, yeah, that's really, that's really cool that you get to kind of have a, a gentle facilitation with that. Right. Yeah. And it usually ends up being a really special moment. Yeah. Yeah. So I know that you, um, that you teach other instructors. Um, what, what drew you to not just learning the method for yourself and for caring for your own kind of pain and, and mobility? Um, but what, what inspired you to kind of take that next level and and start expanding it outwards? Well, I I remember when the bug hit me (laughs) or I I was infected by the teaching bug. Um, I was retaking one of my first melt trainings because if any of you have ever listened to Sue Hitzman, she talks really fast and she is super brilliant and she just rattles off the most amazing stuff you've ever heard in your life. And you wish you had a pause, rewind, and replay button for her. Um, So I realized that I absolutely needed to take my second training again. And it was in the beautiful uh, Red Mountain Resort in Utah, in St. George, Utah. And there were about 40 brand new melt instructors there being trained. And I was the only one that was retaking the training. And as soon as that word got out, people just flocked to me. They wanted my help with their languaging and they knew they had to take this uh, multiple choice test on the, the last day and everybody's super nervous about that. And I just absolutely loved, I, I almost felt like a little bit of a celebrity, like everybody just wanted my help. So after that, I, if there was a melt training within 300 miles of my house, I was there. I was helping Sue. I was setting up yoga mats. I was helping the trainees. And from there, I actually uh, created the melt uh, teacher's assistant uh, training program. So now I train the other teacher's assistants so that they can also help out with the training. So it's just been such a passion to break this down for people to kind of take Sue's wisdom and filter it through my brain and then find really easy layman's terms 
to explain why this works, what it is, and to help people really understand it so they could be excellent teachers. It's a huge passion of mine. I absolutely love training other teachers. Yeah, I love that. I I feel like that is the definition of teaching is like taking some information, filtering it and trying to put it into simpler terms so that other people can grasp really complex uh, concepts and like take them into their own. Right. Yeah. It sounds like you have a, a natural ability. Yeah, I don't know where that came from, but, you know, oldest sibling, maybe. I don't know. <laughs> yeah. But I, I love it. I love it. Have you gotten in any of your other siblings into MELT? Do they have any, any of your family members gotten into it at all? Yes, yes, yes. My mother has actually had a lot of success with MELT. She had severe arthritis pain in her hands, and she also developed a trigger finger. Um, and melting her hands completely alleviates that pain. Um, she almost went in for surgery for the trigger finger. She didn't have to. Um, what is my, trigger finger? I'm not familiar with that. Trigger trigger finger. It's it's when you're. I know you can't see me, but <laughs> it's when your finger kind of gets stuck, almost like if you if you make a fist and then open up all of your fingers, but one doesn't quite open back up. It's kind of stuck in a bent position. Gotcha. And it's because one of the little fascial sleeves. Um, gets super, super tight and dehydrated uh, around the ligaments in your finger. So what they do is they surgically go in and they snip that little sleeve, that little ringlet of connective tissue off of the ligament so that your finger can open back up. You can't see so my face, say, but I'm making a gross face yeah, when you said right? snipping ligaments. Yeah, yeah. I know. <laughs> so if, before you go for surgery, please just melt your hands and uh, for, you know, a good two to three weeks to see if it can start to make a difference. But yeah, um, my father also melts. He melts with me on Zoom. Um, my brother has been in and out of my melt classes, for sure. His girlfriend sometimes as well. She's a musician. So I say anybody who plays an instrument, please melt your hands, save your hands so that you're able to play your instrument for a lifetime. Yeah, absolutely. And I feel like any kind of like repetitive motion, you know, whether it's like golfing, it's like, I, I always feel so bad when people have to give up or like modify the things that they really, really love to do because they're in pain. Like, like you were talking about yeah. having to like, it's like, oh my gosh, like I have to step off this curb. Like I have to just take a moment right. to like readjust my body and, right. you know, I'm going to like stop doing these activities that I, that I love because I'm like scared that I'm going to, you know, throw out my back or something. It's like, exactly. you know, that yeah, always breaks my heart. <laughs> Melt can really keep you doing the things that you love to do. Yeah. You might have to slow down a little bit. I mean, there is no cure for aging, and it's better than the alternative, right? We all want to get older. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. What What do you envision? What do you envision your um, your healthy aging to look like? Oh, I definitely want to keep moving, and I really feel like if I melt a little bit before I exercise, it's just a nicer workout. If I melt afterwards, it helps me. Uh, repair and, and recover afterwards. So I really want to stay active. I want to be able to get down on the floor and back up again. Uh, I want to be able to hop out of bed in the morning. Um, yeah, I, I want to stay hydrated and healthy and active for my kids, my grandkids, my great grandkids. That's my goal. That sounds like a pretty great goal. <laughs> <laughs> Well, we're coming to the top of the hour, Carrie. Um, do you have any kind of last words of wisdom, anything you want to throw out there that you feel like people sh- should know? 
Yeah, I, I absolutely think people should drink water. <laughs> drink water slowly and consistently. Eat water-filled foods. Keep that fascia hydrated. Um, don't hurt yourself to relieve pain. And if you're currently working with a firm roller, I'm not even telling you you can't work with a firm roller ever, but learn some melt techniques because once you hydrate the fascia and treat it very gently, if you go in with a firmer roller, your body's just going to be more receptive to that uh, compression. And no one can do it for you. you got to do it for yourself, right? You've got to commit to some kind of self-care so you can live a more uh, pain-free, active life. I've just added a whole bunch of testimonials about my Zoom classes on my website. So if you go to the, I believe it's the Melt page on my website and click on testimonials, you can kind of read what my clients are saying about Melt and why they love it and why they love taking class with me. And do people have to have um, the the little balls and the foam rollers to take the classes or can they take the class without them or how does that work? They, I would absolutely have them email me. If you have tools in your house you think might work, email me to um, ask me if they will. You can't really melt with a firm roller because connective tissue actually is supporting and protecting your body. So when you go in with a firmer tool, it may resist the uptake of that pressure. So a soft roller is super, super important. The melt tools were designed specifically to give you the best results from melting. All right. And, um, and how can people find you? You can find me on Facebook under the word balance, just the word balance. I have a website. It's www.balancetotalbody.com. And if you forget that, say you're driving in a car, all you need to do is search The Melt Method on Google, and I will certainly come up. And I will be teaching in person in August uh, at Results in Wellness, which is a beautiful new wellness center that opened up on uh, Springfield Street in Westfield. They have a beautiful facility there with lots of wonderful instructors of all different modalities. That's great. And how are you adapting your classes, um, kind of starting to, to reintegrate as, as everyone's reopening in Massachusetts? Yeah, I just have one or two Melt intro workshops happening uh, the first two Mondays in August at Results and Wellness, um, as well as intro and three-week beginner series right on Zoom. So if, if you've got equipment and you want to learn how to use it, look me up. That's great. Well, thank you so much for coming on the show, Carrie. I really appreciate you sharing your your passions and and all this kind of information about the body. I think that the the more people know about how to take care of themselves, the the better off that we are as we um, as we navigate all these unchanging, all these constantly changing times. And yes. you know, everybody I know has a lot of um, a lot of things are, are very unclear right now. So the the more we can kind of tap in and connect with our own bodies, the the better. And de-stress that nervous system. De-stress that nervous system, everyone. You heard it from Carrie first. So, <laughs> all right. You can always go on to ReikiNorthampton.com backslash radio archives. And all this shows and all my other archived episodes are up onto that website as well. If you're a podcast listener, you can also type in the Energy Matters podcast anywhere that you like to download your podcasts. And, um, and these shows are, are posted about a week later. So, all right. So thank you, everyone. And be well.